0: Hi everybody, this is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, the joy of junk journals, and I am coming at you today from my craft room. Sonny is here snuggled on the floor in his little comfy place, and uh, we are all uh, just uh, relaxing and uh, thought we would chit-chat with you about uh, spreading the word about your journals. Let's say that you are producing journals and things are accumulating and you're getting very excited and you're thinking you're ready to take the next step and how can you do this and what's the best plan of approach which way should you go how should you spread the word what should you do um i'm going to share with you a little bit of my journey and uh, what worked and what didn't and what i thought could be improved and where i'm going from there and also um just got some fun tips and tricks along the way if you're navigating this journey as well. Um, I had somebody ask me recently, a lady, a very nice lady named April, and she is uh, recently starting her uh, uh, foray into, um, she has, I think an Etsy site and she's a YouTube channel and she's wondering what's the best way to grow. And I think this might be a common question for a lot of people who, uh, make and create crafts of any type. Um, how do I grow? What do I do? What is the best strategy? And, um, Uh, I think um, I look at everything as putting fishing lines in the water and waiting for something to bite, especially when you're in the beginning and you're new and you don't really know even what your own... um, style is you're just trying things on for size and you're tossing them out there or at least that was my uh my approach i thought well um first of all i um made way too many journals so long in the story long story short i decided to sell some journals and uh, then I thought, well, I need an Etsy shop in order to sell them because I, I don't know how people are going to know that I even exist. There are other options. There's Spotify and not Spotify. There's Shopify and um, other seller platforms you can sell on Amazon. And um, I think there's even you can sell on Facebook and you can sell in Mercari or Poshmark and places like that. Um, and they're all very good, viable options. But I'm, I can only speak to you from from whence I came. So my journey was Etsy. It seemed like it was a platform for people who made handmade things. You could set up shop easily, um, and get going. And one of the tips I read was make sure you put at least 10 items in your shop before you start promoting it. And I remember, um, you know it, there's a little bit of a learning curve you have to learn how to uh, list an item and you kind of go through that but once you figure it out it's not that bad it's not that hard uh, they make it pretty user-friendly and you go from there um, I thought that I, I think I got up to six journals listed and that's when I started to sell um, it took me oh it was at least uh, two or three months before the first one sold and um, but it didn't sell because I put it on Etsy it sold I, in my opinion, it, it sold because I put the YouTube channel up. So I got my Etsy shop in place first and uh, got that all organized or as, as much as I thought I could. Um, I really, and then I sort of forgot about it. Honestly, I sort of forgot about it and just went on with life and did this and did that. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe I'll sell one next year or something like that. Who knows? Um, but then uh, came along youtube and i thought well if i do some youtube videos maybe it i'll be in front of more eyes more interested eyes who are you know interested in similar things like that i already knew there were a lot of other people making junk journals beautiful junk journals intricate elaborate uh, fascinating Uh, And I was inspired by so many of them, but as I was making them, I found that I uh, gravitated to certain styles myself, and my own style started to develop, and... um So initially, my videos were promoting uh, a lot of my uh, junk journals for sale. I have this junk journal for sale. Would you like to see a flip through? I am going to go through and flip through every page and pull out every little piece of paper and explain uh, its meaning and it's uh, why I put it there and all this kind of fun stuff. And I was having a grand old time because I was thoroughly intrigued by um, paper. And I love to talk about paper and I love to talk about it with others. And I think that um, that's one good thing to keep in mind, that the people who, will find you and find your stuff and appreciate it and understand it are people who also understand paper and they have a love for paper or they have a love for journals or they have a love for books there's some kind of common thread between the two of you when a sale is made there's a level of understanding that is met now where these people came from I had no idea where they were coming from Um, but I found that when I heard the little cha-ching on the very first journal that sold I had no idea what the sound was and we live in a house full of bells and whistles, and there's a lot of uh, th- b- bings going off here. Um, phones and refrigerators and washers and dryers and things like that. But I was like, oh, what was that? It's a new bell, a new sound. And it sounded like a cash register. I thought that was so funny how they, they do that. And um, uh, that's on Etsy. It sounds like a little cash register when you make a sale. And uh, um, I'm like, oh my God, did I, sell a, did I sell a journal? Oh my gosh. And then panic struck i was like oh my god i sold a journal so this is going to go into somebody else's hands oh geez i hope it doesn't fall apart what if it falls apart oh i will just die on the spot if it falls apart and uh, since then i can tell you i've had some that fall fell apart but it's not the end of the world don't worry about don't make a mountain out of a molehill just make it as sturdy as you can and if something happens you'll fix it that's all there is to it um okay so um it's old, And, and then I, I didn't even think about shipping or packaging or anything like that. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll run off and I'll get a uh, pri- priority mail shipping box from USPS. And there I have And then I have nothing to pack it with. No stuffing. What do I do? I need stuffing. I need a way to cushion it to make sure that it doesn't get squashed and, and beat up. And, and it, I don't want it to shake loosely in the box. So um, going through all of that, you know, figuring out the best way to ship it so that it was safe, cushioned, um, you know, protected from the environment um and then you know figuring out how to get etsy to spit out the piece of paper that has the person's address on it because you don't want to be transferring that yourself you want that to be printed out easily so you don't make a mistake you actually put exactly what the person input on the other side of etsy and uh, so getting that out of there um and then putting the label on the box and then sending on its way and then sitting and hoping and praying that they liked it. I was so afraid, um, sweating, and uh, will this person even contact me um, should I reach out to them? Oh, no, no, that would not be right. I shouldn't reach out. I could, but what if it just said, hey, I just wondered if you received it and if you liked it. There was nothing wrong with that, but I was too scared and too shy and too timid and I wanted to crawl under a rock. And I didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, the very, very kind lady reached out and said, I got it. I like it. Thank you. And I'm like, oh. It was like birds sang, and like like there was like a, a like a whole flock of birds took off at this one moment because like my soul was free, and I thought, ah, oh, it did work. The whole process does work. What a relief! What a joy! Hmm, maybe I could do this again. So I went and sat down again and tried to get my journals up to ten, and it was about hmm, I don't wasn't that long after the first one a second one sold, I think it was about two weeks. Now remember, I didn't have, a, I had like literally no YouTube following, but I had a few eyes on deck. And it turned out the same lady who bought the first one, bought the second one. And I thought, oh my God, now that's something. Well, my, honestly, my first my first real thought was, why on earth would somebody want two of these things? You know, <laughs> I mean, they're not small, and, um, uh, they could definitely, uh, clutter up a house very quickly. Uh, but I was thinking, wow, somebody actually wanted to, that's amazing. And, uh, then, uh, I kind of relaxed a little bit, but still always nervous. And I'm always nervous when I send something out. I want to make sure it's, it's good and right. And I think, I don't know, I'm not as nervous as I was, but definitely there's some like, oh gosh, I hope they like it feeling, you know, deep down. Because art is personal and we, um, we you know, we take it personally. We do. That's what we do. and Or not, I don't know if we all do that, but I do. And um, uh, But I've also learned that you cannot control what somebody else thinks of it. Um, they may or may not like your style. Um, but hopefully if they saw the video or they saw the flip through or they saw the pictures on Etsy, they've had a, a good opportunity to get a feel for your style and a feel for your stuff. Now, um... I found that um, the YouTube channel, as it grew, definitely helped expose people to my journals. And then it became more difficult for me to actually get the 10 journals loaded into the Etsy shop. So basically what I would have was this empty Etsy shop with not much else to sell. and. Um, Uh, So that's basically how the DigiKits were born. I thought it would be nice to have something in there that's always there. So when people come by to take a peek, there might be something there. If they're interested in buying it, it's available for them to buy. And um, so that's how the whole um, printable download images, DigiKits, the vintage DigiKits came to pass. Now, uh, then time progressed a little bit more and I thought, well, if YouTube helped me put it in front of others eyes maybe it would be valuable to get it in um other social media platforms now i was never a social media person Um, i have a very quiet facebook page nothing happens on it and if it does i that means i accidentally cross posted (laughs) and that's usually what happens so i don't really put a lot on there and um but i thought what if i did What if I started to learn these other platforms and kind of sprinkle the word about junk journals and making books and, number one, um, teaching others how to make a book, and number two, selling the books that I make so that I can afford to continue to teach others how to make books. And I found that it was a lot of fun to turn the camera on and just show folks a little technique or a little something simple and um, one thing I felt that uh, made difference made a difference to me was. Um how can I make things easier for others when they're trying to do something and it seems like an insurmountable task where things seem very complicated, very intricate, intricate there's a lot of heavy measuring and exactness and sharp corners and and uh, creased folds and, and it doesn't come out right it comes out like how can how can we just make this process easy because I want everybody um, to learn the feeling of what it feels like to leave a legacy the legacy of leaving a book here um, on the planet after you're gone it's still here hopefully. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's like a little um, piece of the you that you can leave here. There's something very um, powerful about a book, and when you create a book, and you give a book, or you sell a book, or you receive a book, there has there's some weight to it. There's some meaning to it, and there's thoughts in it, and uh, there's intrigue and depth, and and uh, it's history. It's rich with you it's rich with this time period it's rich with um ephemera from today and ephemera possibly from yesterday but definitely from today And, uh, um, it has character and, um, that it's a wonderful feeling to make your own book. And I'm, you know, hoping that I, and I'm seeing that a lot of people are really enjoying making their own books. This is not something I invented. This was uh, a passion that people have had over the centuries to make a book. And it was a very, very complicated process to make your own book. Um, a long time ago, it involved, you know, very difficult stitchery and, uh, uh, you know, you had to have book presses and this and that and this and that. And somehow we have figured out, uh, as time has gone by, different ways that we can make a book more simply, um, easier. It doesn't have to be um, a Cirque du Soleil, triple Lutz maneuver in order to make a book. We can just sit down with some papers and through a few uh, moves of the hands and moves of the scissors and moves of the glue we can make a book so there we go i i kind of felt like okay now i find i feel like i know my little my little place my little zone i, I think i i want to i want to uh, show people how i'm uh creating some little steps that might make it easier for them to make books and i thought you know what um I I know that I have been helped by so many by little tips and tricks, and I wanted to also share some tips and tricks because I know if you can get past that little stumbling block, you can move forward and then you can keep going. And next thing you know, you'll, you'll have a trunk full of junk journals wondering what to do with them as well. That'll be a grand day. Or if you just make one journal, that's a grand day. Um, Or if you're just revving up to make that one journal, that's still a grand day. It's all good, it's all part of the process. Um, Not everybody has to sell, not everybody has to create a thousand journals. Maybe you'll just make one, um, have the experience, and move on and say, Hey, that was dandy, or My gosh, that was that was. not as hard as I thought, or maybe you're going to say it was harder than I thought. I don't know. But one thing I do know is that it's worth the effort to give it a go. And, um, so spreading the word, um, spread to other social media. As you, uh, you may have heard me say before, I'm on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And I have a Facebook group and I know I have, I have a podcast and a newsletter. And I did half start a blog. It's um, floundering out there somewhere, but it's really not fleshed out. So don't even bother looking for it. It's a pipe dream at this point. Um, is it necessary to do everything? Absolutely not. Is it necessary to do any of it? Absolutely not. Um, you can easily uh, market and sell your books uh, the old fashioned way. You can do it at craft shows or at school fairs or at church bazaars or on Craigslist or you could try Facebook Marketplace. You can um, do... Um, Mercari or Poshmark, you don't have to go the whole social media way. I guess you might consider Poshmark and Mercari. They're not really social media. Well, maybe they are. They're selling sites. Um, Or you could do Amazon or eBay. Um, But um, if you want to spread the word that you're out there, sometimes a good little uh, foray into the social media world, even if you don't like it, you know, is not a bad idea. Now, one thing I can say is that Um, what I thought was going to be simple turned out to be quite complicated. Um, I wandered, okay, I popped everything up and I did it poorly. I had a very poor Instagram account. I had a very, I still have a very poor Pinterest account. Um, and, uh, Facebook is stumbling along, uh, and Twitter is just disaster. But, um... Uh, I keep putting it out there because I figure it's a fishing line in the water and maybe some fish will come by when I'm not looking. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll just happen to swim by. There they go. And they're like, oh, but this, this is a paper outpost. I must, I must check this out or not. Maybe they all just swim by and nobody notices it. But one thing I have learned is that if you're worried about what people will think, you'll never put your fishing lines in the water. And if nobody bites no harm done. I mean, you it doesn't matter because there's no bad press. Nobody said, oh, I, your stuff is ugly because I never saw it. So so it's no love lost. But what I have found is that you learn a little bit every time you look at it. And um, Instagram to me, I think is, uh, it's kind of a strange world when you've been living on YouTube for a while. YouTube seems very obvious, very matter of fact. You put your video up, you put your description up, you put and it's up to you whether you want to share it on different platforms like on different social media platforms or you can just leave it in youtube and just go no further from there um you can amp your game up a little bit by working on your titles of your youtube videos um and working on your thumbnails in the youtube videos um but it's not really hard to do and then you can work on developing what's down in the drop down description box below that generally most easily shows up on a pc or computer not as easy to find but it is there on the phones and um, but it is what i call free real estate where you can Put a lot of information about you your concept your products the things you offer different videos that you may have that you might want people to watch or consider watching um, and other ways that they can interact with you it's um, a great place to develop if you've kind of ignored that area don't ignore it it's it's a very it's a very strong spot um, and it doesn't cost you anything to fill those things out and they're clickable links which is really nice And, um, a lot of the other platforms, they won't let you put clickable links because it's, it's, it's very complicated to get a clickable link onto Instagram. I think you have to get 10,000 followers. There's sneaky backdoor ways to do it, but that's, we're not talking smoke and mirror stuff. We're just talking straight up normal, getting in there, trying to, you know, post a picture or a video or something. On Instagram, and um, Instagram is very pretty, and it's a very fun space. Um, but they they're, they like to change things up a lot, and uh, so basically, you figure it out, and then the next day, the rules have changed. It's like, oh my God, where'd the rule book go? No, somebody moved that. There's no more of this anymore. It's gone. I'm like, what? 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 Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where's the button? And <laughs> so there's a lot of that, and um, but it's still great. And some people are more comfortable on Instagram than they are on YouTube. they like to the platform they like to watch the videos there they like to do this there um you know it's just maybe they like to see it on their phone easier it's a different format things need to be oriented differently are you going to shoot in horizontal versus vertical there's a whole other world of complexity that gets in there that is a lot to swallow and i'm I'm still kind of chewing up like a dog on a bone over here trying to figure everything out but um Even what I want to get across to you is even when you do it poorly, the fact that you have a shoddy fishing line in the water with your little fishing bobber, your little lure on the bottom, you have a better chance of catching a fish than somebody who doesn't have the line in the water at all. So it always boils down to how many lines do you have in the water? And then how many social media platforms are you on? Are those lines good? Are they quality, you know, are they solid? Are they interesting to look at? Are they pretty pictures? Do they have interesting titles? Do they grab your attention? Uh, you, You can now, once you start to understand how to make your fishing lines and your fishing rods and your lures better, then you can improve in those areas. Meanwhile, you're still making journals doing youtube videos to show people how to make journals or your tips or tricks or you're just doing flip throughs and walkthroughs of your beautifully created um, journals which is totally fine it's totally fine um but uh uh, whatever it is the it's kind of like the machine keeps running whether you know or it stops if you're not there so if you stop doing videos or you stop making journals your business comes to a stop. So you kind of want to think about that, too. Like, how are you going to create what you're doing? And and why are you creating what you're doing? Are you doing this as a hobby? And most of us come into it originally for a hobby. And uh, if things go well, and, and you know, the gods are all the planets are aligned, and the gods are blessing you, then maybe you'll make some money at it. And maybe you'll be asking yourself the question, should I transition from my current career to this as full time? And that's a big question to ask yourself. And maybe that's not a question that most people will ask themselves, but if that does come to pass, um, that is something to think about. It's hard to let go of, of what we know of as our um, safe place, you know, or maybe our old job, something like that, and transition into this new thing, especially when a lot of things change that are out of your control, when you don't have control over how the YouTube algorithm or the Instagram algorithm, you just put your stuff out there and hope things don't get changed and shuffled and you get wiped off the deck. Um, um, so, but if you're okay with taking a risk or taking a chance, or maybe you want to call it a side hustle, Hey, maybe I don't want to leave my full-time job, but maybe I would like a little extra on the side that couldn't hurt. Hey, I've got uh, Christmas presents to buy too, you know? Um, so you might think that might be a nice, uh, viable way to look at it. And, um, I think that's very healthy. Um, and I would say that if you're going to go down considering selling them, then consider it. How you need to get more eyes on deck more people to see your stuff and that might involve adding more social media platforms so that they can see it and remember even if you're not good at it, try it anyway because you might be surprised that as time goes on, you might have a little more time next month or next year to focus on that particular platform where you can develop it a little bit more. But just remember that when the line is not even in the water, it's really hard to catch a fish. So um, toss it in there. You can always improve and um, you can learn... You you're going to learn things as you go and even when you think you have it down they're going to shuffle the rules and then you get to relearn or you get to think you've got instagram photos figured out and then all of a sudden they've got carousels and posts and reels and stories and you know igtv which is no longer igtv now now it's just instagram tv i mean they just change things so rapidly and so fast and they have so many different um platforms not platforms so many different ways you can present your information to people that um you want to uh, really look at what's going on. Say, for example, um, I've been doing podcasts for three years. Audio podcasts, just like this one you're listening to. Loving it, enjoying it. It's very easy. I can go anywhere. I can say anything and do anything. And I can record you record and publish right from my phone, no matter where I am. It's very user-friendly. And it's free, which is really easy, awesome and uh, cool. And uh, so... Um, it's free for me to create and it's free for you to guys to listen to which I think is double amazing. Now the other thing is um, p- platforms are always changing; they're always advancing, and uh, I'm probably resistant in the beginning, but I'm willing to give it a go. I'm kind of in that camp. So my um, my podcast company, not my podcast company, the podcast company that I, I use their services, Anchor, they are developing video podcasts now. Now, to me, a video podcast—what is that? Is that a YouTube video? I mean, what is a video podcast, and where do they watch it? And and wait, anyway, they asked some of us to give it a go, so I gave it a go, and I uploaded it like I normally do and I see that the little thingy is there that says it's recorded in video format and everything and they said you can watch it on Spotify but when I look to Spotify it's not there so I'm kind of in the I think either I did something wrong, which is highly probable, or um, they're still working out the kinks in the system. So uh, I think I jumped the gun a little by telling everybody, hey, there's one. It's a video out, uh, video podcast out. But I think I'm still learning the system. So let me give me a chance to catch my breath with this and figure it out. Once I figure it out, we'll go see where it goes. Um, but right now, I'm going to definitely stick with the audio podcasts. I'm very familiar with them. They're very user friendly. And um, once I get my head wrapped around the video podcast better, I'll, let, I'll keep you posted on when and how those will uh, present themselves and um sunshine do you have anything to say mama i I have a little pup date yes yes what is your pup date um i really like my bed that's it yes okay anything anything else um if you're planning on barbecuing steak i'm in okay all right got it thank you okay (laughs) Oh he loves he loves steak yes <laughs> oh he doesn't need a whole steak he gets little tiny pieces off the edge or something like that but uh, let's just say that nose is in my face when when there's a steak on the Barbie coming off and uh, he's all excited about it and I have to admit I am too <laughs> and uh, so yeah so I would say that if you're thinking about transitioning from just doing your craft into selling your craft, there's so many ways to do it today you really... You really it's just a matter of putting enough fishing lines in the water and eventually something's going to bite. So in the meantime just keep doing what you're doing, creating your products, maybe set up a uh, a virtual shop. You can have your own website and sell your stuff on there. It's a little more complicated, um, or you can go the Etsy route, which is probably a great way to start if you're a beginner. Um, And I still consider myself a beginner seller in that regard, and that's why I'm still there. I've actually set up a website that Etsy offers, and uh, it's all Etsy behind the scenes. So you check out through Etsy all the um, the ways you can pay are the same way through Etsy. It's the exact same products that are on Etsy on their we- on the website that I have now that is goes right to Etsy. Like it's all Etsy, but with just a, a different page that you look at in the front, um, uh, and it's designed basically so that you can just see paper outpost stuff and not get it all mixed up with everybody else's stuff because sometimes it's confusing etsy is a search engine and etsy um, when you punch in like mushrooms uh, it's going to pull up many things from many different sellers so if you're not careful when you're clicking and you're just looking at a page you're thinking oh like mushrooms paper outpost i should just see the paper outpost mushrooms right nope not at all etsy will show you a whole mishmash and etsy is doing that to promote everybody which is very understandable and and that's good for sellers as well but it's maybe not the best for buyers who don't clearly see you may be looking at multiple sellers at the same time so be very aware when you go to the etsy page look at the name under the picture because that's going to tell you the name of the seller now everybody who has an etsy store does have a main etsy page for their store it is not easy to get to um just going into etsy and you can't just type in the paper outpost or um paper outpost you're going to get one of those mix-up pages where you got a little bit of everybody you kind of have to do i it's almost a double or triple click away and uh you if you find an um an item by a certain store that you want to purchase from, click on the store name, and then you're going to go to that items page on that store. You're still not on the main store page. Now go in the upper right and look for the store name again and click on that. And then you will be taken to the main store page where you can see everything and only what they have to offer. That's another way to get there through Etsy, but it's very complicated. So I decided to use, um, a simple approach so www.thepaperoutpost.com will now lead directly to my etsy, etsy store my only my etsy store and you'll only see paper outpost stuff it is etsy it just looks different on the front page uh, but if i load something into etsy let's say a, a journal a chunky monkey journal um, if you go to that um, www.thepaperoutpost.com you will see things like time-wise they'll load exactly at the same time like there's no advantage going through regular etsy or the uh, website it's the timing is the same because when you when you sell things that go quickly um you want it to be fair for everybody so and that's how that works um but anyway i've been yapping up a storm here up to 28 minutes well sunny sunny you should let them go mom they have things to do like make journals you're right okay well i'm going to release you back into the ethers everybody i hope you're having fun um and uh, you may have heard me say this before, but just in case for those folks who are new, welcome aboard and, and big hugs and kisses to all of you who've been around for a while. Love hanging out with you guys. Um, my videos come out Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, 7 a.m. Eastern time. My podcasts come out Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, I have a free monthly emailed newsletter. If you haven't signed up for that, make sure you do because you get a free digital image emailed to you every month along with a whole host of other fun things like a note from the bookmaker, checklist of supplies, updates from me, peeks at the new kits coming out, and um a junk journal tip and uh, I have a Paper Outpost Facebook group we're having fun over there doing weekly and monthly challenges and uh, seeing what you guys make from these videos which are so inspirational thanks so much and keep them coming we love to see them and I have an Etsy shop I think I mentioned that <laughs> and uh, uh, I also sell my vintage um, digi kits there which are five pages of uh, unique and very cool vintage old pictures uh, that are gathered together in different themes I think there's hundred and twenty different digi kits now you can pick from um, and these are designed as printable downloads so if you have a printer at home you can print them out or if you don't have a printer i now offer a print and mail service where um, you send you, me the names of 10 digikits that you want and i will print them out and send them to you and the way you get the list to me of the names is you either email that list to me at Pam at the paper outpost.com or you can send it through Etsy message. Hey Pam, um, I just bought the print and mail option. Here's my list of 10 things and, um, uh, please print and mail them to me and I will happily do that. And, uh, so that's how that works. And, um, Uh, What else? I have an Amazon shop uh, where I put my favorite tools and supplies. And if you are looking for details on those products, there's a whole bunch of them in my um, Amazon shop. If you're looking for that shop, you can just uh, uh, Google uh, Paper Outpost Amazon shop and it'll pop right up. And, um, you can find me on, guess what, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And, oh yeah, my link, LinkedIn. Yeah, I got to work on that. Um, <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. It's a very, very rotty, uh, uh dishing line. And uh, all the links are in the drop down box, description box below the, the video. Uh, and if you find value here, please like, subscribe and share and click the bell. Okay, oh, so that would be on video. And, um, remember that fun can be simple. Hey, everybody, create with reckless abandon. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.